Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. You are tuned to WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM. This is the Public Affairs Program, Community Speaks. I'm your host, Patro Mabili. Looking, of course, for your telephone calls. Today is July 3rd, and we are on the eve of Independence Day for the United States. We are in emancipation season, as many formerly enslaved peoples and Former colonies around the world celebrate their liberation. But in the state of Florida, we are settling in into 200 new laws. As those new laws come into force, we will take a, uh, take a look at them and talk about them today with you. I want to talk to you about some of those new laws. And the Supreme Court ended its latest term, leaving a bitter taste in many people's mouths as we ponder student loan unforgiveness and race conscious affirmative action so this is your opportunity to talk 813-239-9663 this is the number to call to join me here on community speaks irene is waiting to take your telephone calls so that we can get on the air and talk about all this there has been a lot of sad news uh, statistically as of late uh, but one of those things I want to get off my chest right off the top is that you know with all of the progress that we've we've been making we're seeing things go precipitously precipitously backwards and uh, one of the saddest stories is that U.S. maternal deaths have more than doubled over the last two decades in unequal proportions for race and geography. Uh, According to a new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows maternal deaths across the U.S. more than doubled over the last 20 years and black mothers died at the nation's highest rates. American Indian and Native Alaskan mothers saw the biggest increase in deaths over those this two decade period in there was a high maternal mortality in the Midwest, some northern mountain states, and the southeast. The, uh, the new study is a state-by-state analysis of maternal deaths from 1999 to 2019 across racial ethnic groups. And uh, a lot of people are reeling from this new study. These findings were laid out in a new uh, study that was published today in the Journal of American Medical Association, and researchers looked at maternal deaths, of course, over this that two-year twenty-year uh, period, but not the pandemic spike, because this uh, study ends in twenty nineteen. The pandemic picks up that year, and for every state and five racial and ethnic groups were all included in that story, and, and there are people saying this is a call to action to. All who understand the root causes to understand that some of it is about health care and access to health care. But a lot of it is about structural racism and the policies and procedures and things that we have in place that may keep people 
from being healthy. That's according to one doctor reacting to this study, uh, which is actually not a reaction. A doc, this was a doctor that was actually one of the authors of the study, who's uh, Allison Bryant, Dr. Allison Bryant, and uh, she's a senior medical director for health equity at Mass General Brigham, Massachusetts General Brigham. But that's a, that's a story, a statistic that we all have to be mindful of if we, as we look at these new laws that are coming down. July 1st is uh, traditionally a time when new laws take effect in certain states and Florida and many other states uh, are start, uh, starting today, uh, started this month off with new laws that went after a lot of people's health care, uh, transgendered, especially women, including those states who are doubling down on getting rid of the right reproductive reproduction rights for women, uh, their reproductive rights. So it's important to understand how widespread a study like this study that I'm talking about that was published in this uh, medical journal uh, about the the U.S. maternal deaths. And uh, that's according to the Journal of the American Medical Association. So, you know, we look at some of the other laws that have come down in the starting today. One of those uh, laws include the student loans issue, the affirmative action issue. And so we're going to talk about all of those today. Uh, one of the main findings, uh, uh, do, uh, decisions that came out of the Supreme Court had to do with affirmative action. As we look at today being Independence Day, July, uh, tomorrow being Independence Day, July 4th, July 2nd was also considered the real Independence Day in terms of the fact that that was the, the year or the day in 1964 that the Civil Rights Act was actually passed. Uh, this was a landmark civil rights and labor law in the United States that outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin, and it prohibited uh, unequal application of voter registration requirements, racial segregation in schools, and public accommodations. Uh, Lyndon Johnson was the president at the time in 1964. On July 2nd, he signed the Civil Rights Act, and it seemed that was when historically we started seeing the white backlash. And we're seeing that backlash continue to deepen as the years has gone by. People have not wanted this kind of progress in this country. And now that the conservatives who, by definition, do not want change, have control of the Supreme Court, we are starting to see a reversal, what some people even call a white lash from what began on July 2nd, 1964, in the United States, when we started making real the, the, the words of the Constitution, where everybody was deemed equal, had equal access to public accommodations. Now all of that seems to be turned around. Uh, we look at affirmative action. There has been some response today. 
civil rights legal group is challenging legacy admissions at Harvard University because part of what the Supreme Court did a couple of days ago when they stopped uh, race conscious uh, considerations when in when looking at applications for people who want to go to any particular college uh, race conscious was the only one that was challenged I think by using Asian students uh, challenging race conscious admissions uh, given the fact that historically race was uh, the thing racism was the thing that kept black people out of higher education especially uh, Harvard and Yale places like Harvard and Yale but we have at least one Supreme Court justice who was able to benefit from race conscious admissions policies in order to go to Yale. That was Clarence Thomas. And ever since he's been on this court, he has been on a crusade to undo affirmative action so that others could take uh, advantage of opportunity in this country because it's never been based on merit. And part of why, you know, race conscious uh, admissions were attacked, uh, challenged, and in the those who challenged it end up winning because the Supreme Court ruled in their favor that we should never and no longer can consider race when it comes to college admissions. But in the meantime, we still have other admissions like legacy admissions. If your parents are rich and went to that college, you could have... Uh, First dibs, that's in a form of affirmative action for your child to get an opportunity to go to the same college that your parents went to. So a civil rights legal group is now challenging legacy admissions at Harvard University, saying the practice discriminates against students of color by giving an unfair boost to the mostly white children of alumni and lawyers for civil rights a nonprofit-based group in, in uh, Boston is filing the civil rights complaint on behalf of black and Latino community groups in New England, alleging that Harvard's admissions system violates the Civil Rights Act. It's the latest effort in this growing push against legacy admissions. And backlash against the practice has been building in the wake of last week's Supreme Court's decision Again, ending affirmative action in college admissions. Uh, we have other forms of affirmative action that was never challenged, such as donor admissions where your parents were rich and donated a whole lot to that university. Then you, as his kid, his or her kid, can go to that college. Uh, we have, of course, sports Scholarships, which gives uh, an opportunity for someone who's excelling in a particular sport to go to a particular college under a scholarship, almost a full ride. Uh, none of those admissions are, uh, are being challenged under affirmative actions as being detrimental to maybe these Asian students who were used as a, the quote-unquote model minority to go after race-conscious college admissions 
under the Affirmative Action Program. So we are waiting to see what will be the outcome of this new uh, lawsuit against legacy admissions. Uh, Again, this complaint that alleges that Harvard's legacy preference has nothing to do with merit and takes away slots from qualified students of color. It asked the U.S. Education Department to declare the practice illegal and force Harvard to abandon as to abandon that as long as the university receives federal funding. And Harvard did not immediately respond to a request for comment on this complaint. Um, a spot given to a legacy or donor-related applicant is a spot that becomes unavailable to an applicant who meets the admissions criteria based purely on his or her own merit. So more students of color will be admitted to Harvard if legacy and donor preferences were removed. This is according to the complaint. Uh, I think we have a little, I have a little bit of sound to go along with that story so that you can get some idea of what people are saying and sounding like as they protest legacy admissions in college. I'll try to find that for you. Uh, Let's see if we can hear a little bit of what people are saying about legacy admissions in this complaint that has been filed. Let's take a listen to uh, AP Associated Press correspondent Jackie Quinn talk about this. I suppose we can't get that sound up, but again, that was a, there is a complaint against legacy admissions as race conscious admissions have been totally uh, reversed by the Supreme Court, outlawed as unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Uh, So what else are we talking about? Um, As I said, activists have spurred this, um, lawsuit against legacy admissions at Harvard, uh, but what does that bode well for, how does that bode for the future as we look at access to college, to access to higher education? So we've talked about two things, one, access to higher education, but also access to medical care in this country for not only women and, you know, mothers, but for transgendered, for others who have been impacted by the Supreme Court and state legislatures in this country. And as I said, there are over 200 new laws that we are learning to live with, and uh, we separate them out by children and by by uh, different uh, criteria. We have two that deals with the budget. Only two that deal with the budget had to do with appropriations in the state budget. Uh, Many having to do with children and families from adoption to child support and children and young adults in out-of-home care. Uh, Lots to do with education. Uh, Diversity, equity, and inclusion are on the chopping block. Uh, We have a state now and many red Republican states that no longer 
want to do this, that no longer want to uh, allow diversity and equity in anywhere, not in business, not in education. And so is there a, a white lash going on about all of the progress that have been made over the last 50 years? And are we seeing states individually try to uh, reverse progress in this country? 813-239-9663 is the number to call. So many things that I want to share with you. But again, these 200 laws that we are Coming to terms with in Florida, some are benign, some are not so bad, but some are pretty egregious. Uh, We know that the immigration, there's been a crackdown because we have a governor and a legislature that wants to prop him up as president that has latched on to this issue because it's it's one that that, uh, excites their base, but their people in their lives that are at stake, and even in economy at stake, uh, immigration uh, bills, SB 1718, cracks down on businesses that hire undocumented immigrants and provides $12 million for this governor, his migrant relocation program. Hospitals that accept Medicaid must also ask patients about their immigration status on intake forms which critics say could deter migrants from even seeking care in the first place. Uh, and, of course, there's that parental rights and education or the don't say gay that's been expanded. That bill has been expanded to include uh, all grades. It's not just first through third. It was then expanded to first through eight. Now each bill, two, 1069, HB 1069, expands the so-called don't say gay law to ban classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in all grades. Uh, Of course, there's the permitless carry law. And for some reason, uh, this this state wants to allow people to no longer get any training, well, no longer need it. I guess you can get it if you specifically want it, but uh, you no longer need training or a permit to be able to carry a concealed firearm. And now, because they're not happy, the Second Amendment crowd is not even happy with that, want to go on and allow people to openly carry. Uh, They want to be able to carry a long gun in public. And uh, then there's more of this uh, reactionary need to prevent people from discussing their own pronouns and from school staffers to ask students about their preferred pronouns, whether they want to be called he or they or it's it's such a a petty thing to use the force of law to pass a new law just to tell people what words they can and cannot use to children in school. And of course there's the other petty law, the bathroom law that makes it a crime for a person to use a bathroom intended for the sex opposite of what they're assigned at birth. 813-239-9663. I know you're trying to get in and call here on Community Speaks. I'm going to stop right there and then turn to you so I can hear what you have to say. And I do apologize. We didn't get that sound about the affirmative action lawsuit, but we'll hear what you have to say about it. Go ahead, call it. You're on Community Speaks here on 88.5. 
Hey, uh, this is Russell from Tampa. Yeah, Russell. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Hey, listen, if Harvard got rid of the legacy thing and went 100% merit-based, would you be okay with that? It would be nice, but it's uh, un- unlikely to happen since this has never been based on merit. This country yeah, has no, never... I think, I think I'm posing... I think you're getting kind of duped here because they're going to get rid of the legacy thing and then you're still going to complain. Okay. Well, I only complain because people are being left out of higher education. And so you don't this believe is unnecessary. Criteria? I believe in it, but I don't think this country practices it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not being duped. I think it's never been practiced. What what circumstances would make it uh, practice? What would you have to see that would make it something that you could be okay with? Uh, it's kind of simplistic, but to think that I could come up with a satisfactory answer, but I think that if you are not an athlete and you make great, good grades, but you're still poor and can't go to school, you should still be allowed to go. And that is not the case. A lot of people just have to give up on higher education because they can't afford it. And they don't have the legacy. They don't have the donors. They don't have anybody. No, 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 I'm taking that away. I'm saying it's purely merit-based. That would be nice. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. Okay. I wish it would that's happen. Where, that, I think. See, I think that's where things are going to go. Mobilia is going to be. No, we're just going to go on merit. We're not going to have race-based uh, criteria. We're not going to have legacy criteria. It's just going to be merit-based. And I think that the left is still going to have a problem with that. Okay, um, but I think that's the trap kind of being set. <laughs> By the right, because the right's saying, okay, great, you want merit-based? Here you go, we'll get rid of legacies. And then my prediction will be the left will still complain. Um, well, if the, the left doesn't complain, is, who, yeah. what will happen? If the left doesn't complain, I mean, I don't consider myself left or right. I, I'm just a common-sense oh, person. But, I mean, I know that people have to have those labels. And if it makes you feel better to think of me as left, then okay, we'll do it that way. But I don't think it's about whether or not the left is going to complain because I think the complaints are all coming from the right. The, the, they've been complaining for the last 60 years about progress. And no matter what happens, they could, they still are unhappy and want to reverse things backwards. And then claim is going to be merit based. Mm -hmm. Happy as a pig and flop. And you complain on the radio 24 seven. Here's the bottom line and I'll go. So it, here's what's driving you and the left. I'm not trying to be personally crooked. I'm just saying what's driving the left crazy is it's just being, it's harder to be a victim. It's just getting harder to be a victim. And that makes some people crazy. Uh, I don't want to be a victim. And it doesn't make us crazy because it's hard to be a victim. I don't even think that makes sense. What do you mean it's harder to be a victim? Well, when... these, things, these, these rules and Laws that are being passed by the right make it harder to be a victim. No, it makes it easier because they are victimizing people. They're victimizing groups. So look at the immigration issue. Look at the uh, college affirmative action issue. Who's been complaining? Who's been the victims in all of this? It seems to be the right. 
The right never says a word about affirmative action. Only the left that talks about affirmative action. The right is not worried about affirmative action. That's all that's been on Clarence Thomas's mouth since he's been on the Supreme Court. There's 30 million people that went marching about affirmative action. None of them were from the right. Well, what's so wrong with affirmative action when you have a history of racism in this country and people being locked out because of race? So you think this is reparations then? Well, why not? I, I think that is giving well, I'm just people. To get to what your point? Well, is. you're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say anything about reparations. <laughs> it has nothing to do with money. What I'm saying is that if people, what is what I've asked is what is wrong with affirmative action when people have been locked out because of race? It's not merit. What's wrong? But what's wrong with race consciousness? It's not perfect, but what's wrong with race consciousness is race, race consciousness was used to lock people out. It's failed. Ask the, uh, ask the Asian Pacific community. How has it failed when people are going to college and the numbers go down once you get rid of affirmative action as has happened in California? Because they're, they're not ready for college. What do you mean they're not ready for college? These are people who applied and couldn't go because they didn't get picked. No, it has nothing to do with selection. It has who's still there. The, the, the who's still there numbers are down, not who's selected. Okay, I don't know if I get to, get that. Who's still there is down, but not who is selected. Correct. Okay, because so... They're, they're bringing people who, who, who are academically unprepared for the rigors, and they get washed out. I don't they think fail. that's true. You can't say that about everybody who's been chosen under affirmative action, that they got washed out. Because that's why they failed. I mean, that's, that's well. They got in based on race, and they got and they and they got uh, pushed out based on merit. No, they didn't that's get. The that's the problem with your understanding of affirmative action. The right wing, they didn't get in based on race. They took race into account, and these people still had other things that made them eligible to go to that college, outside of of finances. So. They would have gotten their rec- they would have gotten applications torn up before affirmative action. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. There's so many others of you waiting. I apologize for keeping you on the line. I just wanted to get some clarity. Doesn't look like I'm going to get any more clarity from Russell. But go ahead, Ronnie and Mango. What do you have to say, Ron? You know what it is, but Bile. I had to come in on this there right here. Okay, now, Russell. Russell needs to uh, stay woke because he's on the woke-up group. He's the, that's the woke group they're talking about. He got all the answers, but none of his answers work. None of his solutions work. Everything he's talking about is redundant. It's the same stuff they use to deny uh, people application, the same uh, uh, conversation. It's nothing different. He's blaming the people who are trying to get in, to blame the game. That's what they call it, Russell. Don't try to play like you. Right and left, just a blamer. You want to blame people for being brought over here in chains and being put under severe scrutiny and dogmatry, then you're going to act like it was their fault. Mm-hmm. That sounds real conscious of you. Like I said, you're real woke on it. You're woke, people. Mm-hmm. You're so woke on it. Why are we going backwards if you're so woke? Right. <laughs> That's I mean, what, what, what's wrong question. with a couple of steps forward to move everything? Just keep Every time somebody goes forward, you look for a reason to go backwards. Not mm-hmm. no right. There's a certain selection of people who think uh, they're supposed to be privileged to every damn thing. 
And that's what the problem hey, is. This is the problem with privilege. <laughs> right. That's, that's what they attack the legacy exactly for because you're going to come right back with the privilege thing. Oh, we privileged. Oh, never mind what happened to you. You're just using that. That's just an excuse. Look how far we've come. Yeah, how far we've come to go backwards is not very good. See, Look. that's my point on it. But, I mean, Mobile, I called about the affirmative action. I didn't want to get into Russell's garbage. Yeah, go ahead. The affirmative action is just the beginning, like he said. He's going to keep pandering to that, that, oh, you got this. Oh, you got that. Oh, you don't need to eat with me because you got issues. You got problems. You, you don't know how to uh, put your fork on the right. You don't know how to put it on the left. You have no business in these restaurants. You have no business in these shopping outlets. You have no business on the highway. Daniel Boone want to walk around and bring new laws with his big long barrel. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And my analogy ain't off at all. Like, well, right, you can see right through it, right where I'm taking it. Yeah, I it's think not vague, It's not vague. It's not dismissive. None of those things, because that's all they're doing, being vague and dismissive. And they keep pitting one group against the other. Right. That's all they're doing. It's the model minority paradigm here. <laughs> well, they keep shipping the, mo the model minority. Like you said, they use the Asian to say that there's something wrong with the racism policy. What? Asian? What, y'all bombed and built the railroads and stuff? And what? Why are you attacking the people who ain't do nothing to you? The people who trying to make it better. The people who worked hard as hell to make it better. We're not doing anything to you. Or your people. Or any other people, as far as that go. Why are you always attacking? Why are you always pushing? Why are you always provoking? What's and it seems like that there's a old, there's a white supremacist trope that says anything you do to fight racism is racist. And it seems like that's evident in this backlash, this white lash we're yeah, seeing. Have, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You open your mouth, he going to put his foot in it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. When he opened his mouth, everything supposed to come out, you know, nice and clean, but that ain't the way it is. It ain't even like you invented everything, dude. It ain't even like you discovered everything, dude. Just because you're riding in the rocket and out of space, you know, yeah, that's a new thing. But there's, this stuff is all happened before. Everything, there's nothing new under the sun, man. It's just in a different form, just in a different format if you read the history and study it. But we don't need it to be skewed to your right. Nobody wants your right skewity anymore. That's what's got us here. And it's precipice where you versus me, but I pay the same as you pay. I pay $3 for my drink when I go get it. Yeah. That's what's right. wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Uh, that's how that affects you. I pay for it. It's mine. I pay for it. All right, Ron. Well, let's take a little bit of a break, and uh, yes, sir. we'll be right back here on Community Speaks. Sunday, early Monday for Body Rock with Mike B 
on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. The heavy metal disco train leaves the station at midnight for a three-hour dark journey into the sonic underworld of alternative music. Body Rock with Mike B. Sunday, midnight, WMNF 88.5. Right now, you are tuned to Community Speaks here on WMNF Radio 88.5, a part of the extended public affairs programming here during the weekdays, taking your telephone calls, talking about new laws and new uh, attacks on what we thought was settled law, such as affirmative action. 813-239-9663 is a number to call if you have something to say on what has been happening. Go ahead, Matt from Tampa. You're on Community Speaks. Go ahead, Matt. Can you hear me? You're on Community Speaks. Matt? Well, we're going to go to Simon in Lakeland. Go ahead, Simon. You're on Community Speaks with Patrol Mobili. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, trying to understand the definition of affirmative action in the sense, is it an attempt to right the wrongs of what the United States was in its earlier formation and that because of racism at that time, there were individuals, black and black individuals, who were not able to be given the opportunity for higher education. Is, it, is that the premise of this? And therefore, the question is, who is responsible and who has to pay for that? Well, I mean, yeah. That sounds about right. If you were not even given an opportunity, you're not even going to be considered because of your because of your race, because you're black, uh, okay. descendants of those who were enslaved in this country. Then, yeah, this this has been a necessity. Okay, so the people who are responsible for that, or who I should say, who have to who have to pay for that, were not living at that time. But so, in other words, there's individuals who are living today who will not be able to be given the opportunity to dream the American dream, i.e., Asian families. Um, okay, you're so, getting you're getting me lost in the weeds. I'm not sure what you're talking. You said not alive today. In 1964, no, when the Civil not, Rights Act not, was not, when the Civil Rights Act was passed, uh, there's some of those people are still alive, and there have been people who have been trying to take advantage of the creed, the the words that are written in the Constitution that says all men and should say women are created equal, and yet there have been people who since enslavement since 100 years past enslavement, uh, were still acting in a way that was discriminatory, that was locking people out simply because of their race. Okay, but, but the, the purpose of affirmative action is one, we have a pluralistic society and the, the word is being used as diversity. So the benefit of affirmative action 
is that we have more of a re-representation of what society should look like. So you have race, which is discriminatory, in which a person cannot change his race or her race. Black people are born black people. If we're looking for uh, the utopia in the United States, what happens with short people? There is a height discrimination. Individuals who are less than five six make two thousand dollars less per inch oh, right. over the course of a lifetime. So, um, should we try to help short people? Should we um, diverse sports where there will be representation of white athletes on professional teams? Should we have Asian? professional quarterbacks. Uh, what do you think? To, what do you think, to, Simon? What do you think? I think that given the opportunity in this country, uh, there's a distinction between the opportunity to be given versus the end result of what is uh, people are perceiving. We're, not, we're all given the opportunity. We're not going to have the equal result. Okay. So that being said, we're not going to have a perfect society, but uh, I'll leave you with this. If you had uh, the individuals in the next generation of people who've gone to Harvard who were black, um, their children are going to be able to compete at a higher level than a single white woman, mother, single mother, white woman, who's living in Ross Proof or Lake Wales down the street who has a child that has the ability to go to Harvard that will not get in because the individual that he or she is competing against uh, may have different opportunities through high school, prep school, what have you. And that could be Obama's kids. So merit is the primary reason that one can then say that's statistical. As I said yesterday, why should a black student scoring in the 50 percentile get into Harvard when an Asian student scoring at 95 percentile not get in? Well, how do you know that, that was the only the only thing that that happened? How do you know that happened? Because it could why, have just been the legacy. Did, well, how, hmm? how did the case go to the Supreme Court if that was not happening? Well, I think they challenged a law and they had the numbers on the Supreme Court to challenge it. But the case has to have merit to be able to, and I'm using the word merit, has to have merit to get to the Supreme Court. Doesn't mean that it didn't, or that it did have merit. It, just, it had merit to those six conservatives who wanted to take on this this case. And I mean, we can't ignore the fact that this is. Well, okay, uh, let me. Let, I don't want to take up too much time. Are you familiar with Meharry Dental and Medical School? No. Okay, Meharry Medical and Dental School is a black medical and dental school that's a hundred years old. If you look at the demographics of a black medical school, there's about nine hundred and thirty some students in there. Eight hundred and twenty-two are black. Should they? Start accepting white students more than the percentage relative to what society is? Well, I don't know, because 
will uh, will will enough don't white students do that? Listen, if you want to have a conversation, don't talk over me. I'm ask. I've tried to respond to your question, and I think that if a bunch of white students wanted to go there, they would be looked at. But if they start throwing out black students in the process, that would be racism. But so a black medical school should be for black. If it's there to give opportunities to black students, then what would be their purpose if they didn't do that? What would be their purpose, Simon? Well, I thought Harvard is the purpose as well. If they want to go, if a black person wants to go to Harvard, they should be allowed to go regardless. But historically, that has not been the case. And now, going forward, that's probably not going to be the case because Mabili, I'll leave you. Fifty-two percent of the demographics in Harvard right now are a uh, diverse group. It's the first time in Harvard's history. Well, Simon, that that's a diverse group. That's that's wonderful. Not white. That's 52%. wonderful, but that's going to be reversed if trends in California hold up. And I was just trying all this time to figure out what it is that you want, Simon. But I guess we'll figure that out on another day. We'll go to Brooksville and talk to Ray. Ray, you have something to say on affirmative action. Go ahead. Hello, hello. Yeah. Um, first of all, a, a historical note uh, that uh, no one seems to, to bring up. And, um, you know, if I'm incorrect in this, uh, if a genuine historian out there wants, wants to, to uh, um, you know, correct me on this, then fine. But my understanding was is that after, after Reformation, um, the, the, the education system in the South was, um, you know, had been uh, destroyed. And so it was very difficult for students, white students, to, um, to get a quality education. There, there, or there, there, were some, there were some issues uh, simply because of the uh, destruction in the South. So the, the colleges such as Harvard um, made the decision that that, um, that uh, region of the country in terms of, of uh, in terms of uh, white applicants, was a factor, and that, for instance, if a if a if a white student at a um, from uh, say Georgia and a white student from Massachusetts scored the same score, that that quite often the nod would go to the white would go to the white student, and if the I mean excuse me with the uh, southern student if the southern student scored less, okay, that the the fact that they came from the south might still be the overriding uh, determination. So it was a region. So this, this, kind, of, um, um, this kind of effort to, to, um, uh, to create a diverse, uh, a diverse uh, student uh, population, okay? uh, in this particular case, they wanted southern students as well as, as, well as northern students. You know, black students were not, uh, that, 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 that was not a factor at that time. No. Uh, but anyway, so this thing actually still, you know, this occurred at that time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it has happened for a long time. And, and at one point, it went to Southern whites. Yeah, mm. The affirmative action bump went to Southern whites. So that's when affirmative action supported their, uh, their numbers. Absolutely. Uh, and 
you say you were a historian. So what do you think was the purpose of that? You know, you saying that the, the education system well, in the South was, was destroyed. And so they wanted to go to these northern, uh, to Harvard and have an opportunity, have better opportunities. And they were given, um, they were given, they were given this extra break through affirmative action. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Harvard. You know, Harvard. Um, Harvard understood, or you know, that uh, it was of benefit to have a diverse student body. But you mean student geographically diverse? Geographically. Geographically diverse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Geographically diverse in this, in this particular case. Right. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the policies that they that they uh, put into it. Yeah. They, they also did, they also determined later on that that uh, it was to the benefit of the Harvard um, of, uh, of of the Harvard um, environment that for there to be um, more blacks in Harvard than mm-hmm. you know this was of course on the day when there were no blacks in in, in Harvard. I, I went to a USF. When there were maybe one or two black students in all of USF, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so you know this this is it hasn't been that long ago when right. that when that was was the case, okay. And all of these people who are saying, oh well, it just has to be merit based, just merit 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 based. Well, they weren't cer- they certainly weren't saying anything when it was uh, when it was otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay? Isn't all of a sudden it is. Yeah, so all of, all of a sudden, oh yeah yeah yeah, it's got it's got, it's got to be merit based. You know, but uh, but if you look at uh, education, and you look at um, socio um, economic differences, mm-hmm. certainly how socioeconomic differences play out, okay, um, 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 uh, uh, with uh, the different um, uh, racial mixes. And by the way, one of the things that needs to be taught in school from from day one is that race itself is not a biological issue. Race itself is not a biologists don't talk in terms of race. Right, right. Okay, that is a social and political construct. Right, a false. Yeah, so, a false construct. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was just reading the other night how um, how uh, Linnaeus, who the, the person who uh, described uh, um, the um, who set up the classification system okay, for for biology. Um, how he he decided okay that he would do the same thing for human beings, but he didn't call them races. He just he called them varieties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, and but and and he came up with four different uh, you know, uh, yeah, but based on color, four four different varieties uh, of humans. Later on, about ten years later, he decided he decides to um, apply the Greek notion of the humorous theory. Okay, that is that is uh, um, 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 that illness and personality are affected by uh, the the various humors in the body, being uh, urine and blood and phlegm and black bile, and so he applied that to his race map. And so, if a person is sanguine, that is, they have uh, a lot of blood, they're cheerful, they're optimistic. He said, ah, that was the white race. <laughs> if a person was if a person was was um, um, was um, oh, I'm trying to think of things that were not not um, uh, um, not not choleric, um, phlegmatic, pragmatic. If they have too much too much phlegm. Okay, he says, "Oh well, that's the black race." Oh. Okay, 
and and of course and of course that uh, that the the character the characteristics of that would be laziness. Right. Okay. So he he, he set that up, and then later on, Immanuel Kant, the great um, um, uh, um, German philosopher, he adopted that, and of course it all it all justified uh, slavery at the time. Right. Okay. The, the idea that 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 black people there was a uh, you know, basically, there was something wrong with them that 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 they that they really couldn't achieve anything more. That they really had to be uh, subjugated. That the white race was actually doing them a favor. You know, and and uh, so, you know, that's where this idea of race and that still the idea that people have are being taught by other people. This is still the idea that's being passed down. Right. It was wrong, and it was wrong in the beginning of the 1800s, and it's wrong now. That's right. Hey, Ray, thank you for your call. Sure Very not. informative. And let's see what uh, what Zach in Riverview has to say. You you had a, in, a comment about merit-based systems. Yeah, I've been listening, and um, a couple things. Uh, something that's always bugged me that just seems so obvious and easy to fix. Number one. Every government form asks you what race you are. Just stop. Just don't ever ask. And don't. And they shouldn't ask your name either because the powers that be could, you know, try to determine what you are, who you are, based on those things. So, one, let's get rid of that. And I don't... Hmm. The merit-based thing is, is it sounds like the most, the, the, be, the best way to have equality in a, uh, let's say, a school admissions would be just going on the numbers, just merit. However, you run into problems because I was a teacher for a couple semesters. I, I just couldn't do it. But uh, one thing I learned in my schooling is that Socioeconomic status has a huge impact on student achievement. And one of the main factors there is if you're in a more well-to-do family, it's more likely that one of your parents is at home to help you, to mm-hmm. help teach you, to give you homework help and that sort of thing. Whereas yeah. if you're at, you know... If your your parents are working two jobs, three jobs, um, you're more likely to struggle. Right. So, given those test scores, you're going to be biased toward kids from better schools. So that brings me to my second point: school funding should be national. Why does a child from a, a low income district have worse? schooling than a child in a, a well-to-do area mm-hmm. that's that is a form of racism <laughs> so if, if they could just collect all the money for all the schools from every state have a giant pool and then just divvy it up equally amongst all school districts our education would be much fairer and then the merit-based system would work but until then i i don't know it's still going to be biased yeah, 
Well, that sounds good. I mean, it would, it would have to be proportionate because there's some school districts that are much bigger than others. But right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you would, yeah, you would have your total amount taken in, you know, divided by your total number of students, and each student gets X amount, right. regardless of where where they live. Yeah. Yeah, you know what they call that, but I'm not going to repeat it right now. But thank you, Zach. Well, of course, yeah, that's going to be their big thing, that they complain about everything. Oh, socialism. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they use all of those programs, too. So Exactly. You know, the, the military is a socialist program, yeah. you know, but they don't seem to have a problem with that. Right. Hey, thank you, Zach. Hey, no problem. It's just like welfare itself. They didn't have a problem with it for as long as it was who it was created for. That was white women who they wanted to stay home and not work until black women started accessing that system. Go ahead, Ken from St. Pete. You say what on affirmative action? On oh, Kurt, hi. He speaks. Mm-hmm. Hi, thank you. Um, I kind of broke into this conversation a little bit late, but I would like to echo what the two gentlemen before me just stated. Uh, and I disagree with Simon, but I respect his opinion. Um, I, too, am a historian, retired. Um, <clears throat> and you, you know, merit is in the eye of the beholder because the um, if you're in a poor family or a single-parent family, uh, it's much more likely that you're not going to, on the tests that are given, achieve the same scores as children in wealthy families who perhaps have a parent at home or have other help for the children, including nannies, including tutoring, and many other things. Um, And just to look at the legacy of slavery centuries, I mean, it was illegal to teach a slave to read. Uh, And then the Jim Crow laws. Right. uh, (laughs) You just cannot. It's ridiculous. And then we paid reparations to the Japanese who were interned, which was terrible. Was only a few years, but slavery lasted centuries. Yeah, and you can't change the color of your skin. And I go back to 1452, Pope Nicholas V, Dum Diversus, or the Doctrine of Discovery, where they encourage uh, the enslavement of people of color, people who are different, and mm-hmm. boy, they sure did throughout uh, the Americas and the rest of the world as well. The uh, conquistadores, the British, uh, and the others. European. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. great show. And I thank you very much for putting this out there. Um, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate that this, our country is headed towards uh, something like fascism. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the last word. I, I thank you for calling and saying that because that's what it looks like to me, too. Uh, we need to, you know, one, I'll try to let, uh, say one last thing. Uh, my service in the Marine Corps, which helped me then with the GI Bill, getting through college later, taught me that people of color are just as good as uh, pale people like me. I'm Western European. Um, it's just people need to respect and accept each other. That's yeah. it. Bottom line. Thank you, Ken. Thank you very much. God bless. Same.